What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. We can imagine Moses in the palace as a child. He's probably what we would call it. He was probably what we would call a difficult child, as his Egyptian mother would just try to reason with him and say, "Now Moses, you know you have to do your studies like every good little Egyptian boy." And we can imagine him exploding and say, "Don't call me Moses. That's an Egyptian name. I hate that name because I want a Hebrew name, and I'm not an Egyptian. I'm a Hebrew." And she probably sent him for therapy. I don't know for counseling or something. I like try to straighten the boy out. And he grew up in this rebellion. And so it was Moses' name also that causes him to see himself as a stranger, as a Gershom. So he gives his son the name Stranger. Now, even though Moses was heir to the throne of Egypt, he, he never felt like an Egyptian. He always felt like a stranger in the palace. And this, again, was creating more of this stranger feeling that he had. He felt so much a stranger that he made a critical decision. And this decision is recorded for us in Exodus 2.11, Exodus 2.11, where it says, it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown that he went out into his brethren and looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brethren, and he looked this way and that way, and when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. And then he went out the second day, behold, two men of the Hebrews strove together, and he said to him that did the wrong, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? And he said, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? Intendest thou to kill me as thou killest the Egyptian? Moses feared and said, surely this thing is known. So these words are very, very important in verse 10 when it says, when Moses was grown, he went out unto his brethren. And they're saying more than just that when Moses got older, he left the palace one day. It's saying much more than that. Those words, he went out, are telling us that Moses really went out of the palace to go to his brethren. He went to deliver them. He wanted to save them from the burdens that were on him from the Egyptians. So verse 11 with the he went out is telling us of a great decision that Moses had made. And that, was, that, that decision was that in his life, Moses says, 
I have contempt for the honors that Egypt is gonna, wants to bestow on me as a prince. I have contempt for the pleasures that Egypt is offering. And, uh, you know, whenever I read those words, he went out. It, it reminds me of a, of, a, of a dear friend who's with the Lord now in glory, uh, Bert Poole, who, along with his wife, Muriel, was a missionary to Japan. And they, they lived near here in, in Lakeside. Anybody remember Bert? Anybody know Bert? Nobody knows Bert. Okay. Then I can tell you whatever I want. You don't know. No, it's okay. But <laughs> no, I'll tell you the truth. But Bert was a wordsmith. Oh, he was so good with words. I remember one time he came to visit me on Willow Road out there, and we lived on the dirt roads part of in base. So we lived up at the base of El Capitan Mountain up the hill a little bit. We had 300 goats. And, and I remember one time he came up the driveway to visit me, and he, and, he, and he started singing this song. He said, high on a hill was a lonely goat herd. <laughs> Yoda, little lady, oh, hey, you. you know, loud was the voice of the lonely goat herd. And he sang this. And I, I, anyway, that was Bert. Bert just could write lyrics beautifully, and Muriel would set them to music. In creating the new hymnal, the Friendship with God hymnal, I called this person and that person, and they looked in this trunk and that trunk, and we were able to collect a lot of Bert's old songs, and they're in the hymnal there. And there's one song that I can imagine Moses singing in the palace as he made his decision to go out, and the title of that song, what we sing it, is called Let It Go By. Let It Go By. We should all learn it. And here's how, it, here's how the, the, the words go. He says, it tried to woo me and to pursue me, my affections captivate and lead me on. Then my love, it tried to steal with alluring sense appeal till the Savior won my heart with Calvary's love. Let it go by. Let it go by. Let the world go swiftly by. I don't need it. I don't want it. For the chill of death is in its beckoning cry. Draw me nearer, blessed Savior, close enough to shelter from the tempest, tempter's skill. Let me read thy holy word, pray until thy voice I heard, and let the fickle world out there go passing by. And then he goes on. How life was wasting while I was tasting all the dainties of the flesh, the eye, the world. And I could not live for him, turning ears to Satan's din till the Savior cleansed my life with Calvary's love. Let it go by. Let it go by. Let the world go by swiftly till I don't need it. I don't want it. For the chill of death is in its beckoning cry. Draw me nearer, blessed Savior, close enough to thy shelter from the tempter's skill. Let me read thy holy word. Pray until thy voice I heard and let the fickle world out there, go passing by. I could just imagine Moses in the palace there. I can imagine him singing, I'm letting it go by. I'm letting Egypt go swiftly by. I don't need it. I don't want it. The chill of death is in its beckoning cry. So for Moses at this point, it was in spite of being raised an Egyptian, these, he said, these Jewish people are my people. These Jewish people are the people of Moses, and he didn't forget, and the Jewish people were Moses' people. For Moses, it was that in spite of having all Egypt before him as his possession, Moses identified with the enslaved Jewish people. The Jewish people were his people, 
And this decision that Moses made to go out from the palace, this is what Stephen is capturing when he said in Acts 7.23, Acts 7.23, when Moses was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. So it's a decision that is also described in Hebrews 11.24, Hebrews 11.24, where it says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Don't call me an Egyptian. Don't call me that. Choose, well, that's not in there. It just says, refuse to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. So when the verse says that Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, this is where we see Moses as an Egyptian just rebelling and saying no. This was a great life-changing choice that Moses had when it says choosing rather to suffer affliction. For Moses, it was a case where he's saying, I'm gonna be a son of Abraham, not a son of Pharaoh's daughter. And when Moses made that decision out there, there was no turning back when he went out and he killed the Egyptian. And that was it, he cut the cord. And so he now is, again, a stranger in, in, the, in the house of Pharaoh because Exodus 2.15 says, Exodus 2.15, now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to slay Moses, but Moses fled from the face of Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian and he sat down by a well. So he's fleeing from the face of Pharaoh He's a stranger now, really a stranger, in Egypt. And so again, this is what's behind his desire to name his son Stranger. So now Moses, having cut the cord, because now he's killed the Egyptian on on day one, so now day two, he's going from Egypt, again, to the Jewish people to deliver them. And the response of the Jewish people was spoken by this one Jewish man in Exodus 2.14 was, Ha, who made thee a prince and a judge over us? And in those words, that was Israel's response to Moses, which is a response of of Moses, of how they despised Moses. You can hear them in in their homes, the Jewish homes, at that time say, look at that Moses living in the lap of luxury. He's not a one of us. He doesn't care about us. Uh, we, We hate him. We despise him. So they despised Moses when he went out there to deliver him, they rejected Moses, and it's elaborated on. It's elaborated on by Stephen in Acts 7.27. Acts 7.27, when, when Stephen said, he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? So those words that thrust Moses away, shoved him away, was Israel's decision about Moses. How Israel thrust their savior Moses away. And Moses, this is, when, this is when Moses came the first time. Don't forget there are two times when he comes to the Jewish people. Moses came this time, which is the first time. He will come again 40 years later, second time. But now this is the first time, and this is exactly how Israel thrust the Lord Jesus Christ away when he came to the Jewish people the first time 2,000 years ago. So gently put, I guess you'd say, in John 1.11, John 1.11, when it says about the Lord Jesus, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. 
Might as well say he came unto his own and his own thrust him away, just like with Moses. Speaking about the Jewish people, Moses came unto his own and, 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 and they thrust away. So Moses is despised. Moses is rejected just like the Lord Jesus was from Isaiah 53.3, Isaiah 53.3, where it describes the Lord Jesus as he's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, the Jewish people speaking, we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He is despised, and we esteemed him not. That was the response of the Jewish people to their Moses, the Lord Jesus, who came the first time. He was despised, he was rejected, he was not esteemed, thrust away. Just as Moses was despised, rejected, not esteemed, and thrust away. You know, you gotta, you gotta kind of wonder about this because from this point when Moses is now rejected and, 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 Mos- and, and it, it, what, if the, what if it wasn't that way? What if the Jewish people had embraced Joseph, Moses? What if they had? How different the, the Jewish history would have been if they had not despised and rejected Moses when he came the first time. How different. They would have been saved. They would have been saved. Their, their history would have been 100% different. If, if Israel had said to Moses, Moses, blessed is Moses that comes in the name of the Lord, if they had said that, instead of, who made you a prince and a judge over us? But if they had just said, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord, but they didn't say that. And now later, 40 years later, they will say that. When Moses comes, they'll say, oh yes, blessed is, blessed is Moses that comes in the name of the Lord. 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people did not say to the Lord Jesus as a whole, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Now they will say that later. And he said that, he said that in, in, in Matthew 23, 39. Matthew 23, 39, the Lord Jesus says, but I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth till you shall say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. But the tragedy for Israel when Moses came first is that they would have been saved if they just would have received Moses. And the tragedy, and that was a tragedy for the Jewish people in Moses' day, and, 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 and if, they, if they just would have said that. I mean, it, but what happened at that time when Moses came the first time is it was the case of Moses saying, I would, you would not. That was, that was just as simply it. I would, you would not. And the tragedy for the Jewish people 2,000 years ago was when the second Moses, the Lord Jesus, came to them. They also, it was also that he said, the Lord Jesus said, I would and you would not. And those were the exact words he said from Luke 13, 34. Luke 13, 34, where the Lord Jesus said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou which killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I, I would, how often would I have gathered thy children together as the hen doth gather her brood under her wings, and ye would not. Same thing. With Moses, I would, ye would not. With the Lord Jesus, I would, ye would not. And how different Jewish history would have been, as we mentioned, for those 40 years, if they would have received Moses, how different Jewish history would have been 
for the last 2,000 years, if they had received the Lord Jesus the first time, there would have been no diaspora. There would have been no crusaders. There would have been no inquisition. There would have been no pogroms. There would have been no Nazi holocaust. There would have been no Gaza-Palestinian terrorists that we're seeing today. All because Israel did not know when Moses came the first time that that was the time of their visitation. That was their opportunity. And all because when the Lord Jesus came the first time that that was the time of their visitation. That was their opportunity. As he said in Luke 19.44, Luke 19.44, when he spoke about You'll be laying even with the ground with thy children within thee. They shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. All because they despised Moses. But what happened? So what happened in Moses' case? What happened after he was, decide, after he was thrust away? God made a decision. God made the decision to, you don't want Moses? Fine, I take Moses away. And God took their savior Moses away for a very long time, for 40 years, all because they despised and rejected Moses, for, for they took him away. And what happened when, 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 uh, when, when that happened? During this time of separation, that's Moses, their savior, from the Jewish people for the 40 years, a very, very foreign people who never heard of Moses before came to know Moses and love Moses and follow Moses, and that was the Midianites, very foreign people. And what happened when the Jewish people 2,000 years ago rejected their Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ? God made the decision to take their Savior away for 2,000 years and take him to a very foreign people called the Gentiles who came to know him, who came to love him, who came to follow him. Am I talking to any Gentiles this new now? A few. <laughs> Why? They were cut off that you might receive. But only temporarily because, because Moses came back a second time. Because the Lord Jesus is coming back a second time for them. Hallelujah. Now, because Moses now has gone to his own people, the Jewish people, and they have rejected him, Moses feels like, oh, I'm really a stranger. I'm 100% a stranger from Egyptians. They want to kill me. I'm 100% a, a stranger to, to the Jewish people. They, they rejected me. And I'm even a stranger to the Midianites. I'm a stranger. So he names his first son Stranger, Gershom. Now, Moses comes into this land of Midian. It says, when he arrived, by the way, in, in verse 19, Exodus 2.19, Exodus 2.19 the daughters, when they, when they saw him, they're reporting to their father, and they said about Moses in verse 19, Exodus 2, 19, they said, an Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds and also drew water enough for us. Boy, if Moses could have heard that, he says, I'm not an Egyptian, but he's identified as an Egyptian. He looks like an Egyptian, talks like an Egyptian, must be an Egyptian. So he, this, again, adds to his feeling of being stranger He's having an identity crisis now at this point. He lives with this priest in Midian, where we read in verse 21, we read it, that Moses was happy to live with the man, and the man gave him a wife, gave him a, a Midianite wife, Zipporah, his daughter, 
Oy vey. Moses becomes an Egyptian. Moses now marries a Midianite, not just any Midianite, but the, the daughter of a priest of Midian. Anyway, well, now, you think to yourself, okay, now, finally, it'll get better for Moses. He's got a home now. He's got a wife. He's got children. His home's going to be like he always hopes every home is going to be, a little nest with love, with warmth, with comfort, with a loving, devoted wife. And he hopes that maybe now he's not going to be a stranger in his own home. It's going to be his home, his sanctuary, place of peace and harmony with his wife, the mother of his children. But what happens? Exodus 4.24. Exodus 4.24. came to pass by the way in the inn that the Lord met him. The Lord met Moses. The Lord met him and sought to kill him. The Lord sought to kill Moses. Don't ask me. That's what it says. He sought to kill Moses. Then Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, surely a bloody husband art thou to me. So he let him go. And then she said, a bloody husband thou art because of the circumcision. Whoa, happy home. Great conflict in the home where Moses' wife Zipporah does not agree to have, to have her son receive the sign of the covenant, which is the circumcision. And Moses yields to her, and God seeks to kill Moses because he, he doesn't circumcise his son. So Zipporah, they're out there in the desert, Zipporah realizes that, well, it's not going to be so good for me if I'm here in the desert with a dead husband. So she grabs a, a sharp stone, she grabs her boy, and the boy sees stars as she circumcises him with a sharp stone and then takes the bloody foreskin and throws it at Moses. Oh boy, that's turmoil in Moses' home. There's no shalom in that home. And so Moses then, we don't know when, maybe now or whatever, Moses sends her away. Yes, Moses sent her away and the children back home. And it was her father, Moses' father-in-law, that brought her back in Exodus 18.1, Exodus, Exodus 18.1, his name was Jethro, it says, when Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel's people, and the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt, then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her back, and her sons, her two sons, of which the name of the one was Gershom, for he said, I have been an alien in, in a strange land. So this is war in the home now, that we begin to see Moses has. And so even in his own home, he feels like a stranger. And again, fueling why he calls his first son Gershom. So just as Moses found this world was not his home, he was a stranger. Just as Moses found that his people, among his people, he was a stranger. In his home, he was a stranger. In, the, in Egypt, he was a stranger. In Midian, he was a stranger. For all of these reasons, he names his son Stranger, Gershom. And you know what? God wants us to see ourselves as strangers in this world. And just as Moses named his son Gershom or Stranger, God names us Stranger or Gershom. It says in 1 Peter 2.11, 1 Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. I abstain you as Gershom. Moses had a son, 
and he named him stranger. Let's pray. Father, we do pray that, Lord, you would, you would keep us a stranger to the world, but not a stranger in heaven. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.